many of you are expecting to hear from God tonight? I'm expecting. <laughs> you know what? You guys were telling the truth just then, weren't you? You're expecting. I mean, you could sense it in the atmosphere. Whoo, glory. Man, mm, what is God going to do tonight? I'm excited, man. I tell you, uh, who? turn to your neighbor and just tell him, you better be expecting. We're not talking about being pregnant and having babies. Some of you ladies are like, no way, I'm done. <laughs> but we're expecting tonight. We're expecting to hear, to see, and know. And have it, I don't know about you, I, I, when I come to church, I don't care if I'm the one speaking, I come expecting. I come knowing I'm leaving better. I'm leaving with increase. Amen? Enlargement to God's plan and his purpose for my life. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we're just so thankful for your word tonight. We're so thankful that your word never returns void to us. We can speak it and it manifests in our lives. Father, we worship you. We glorify you. We magnify you. Father, I thank you for this group of people that are assembled tonight in this meeting. And I thank you, Father God, for utterance tonight to speak your heart what you desire, what you want done. Holy One, we're listening to you. The Bible says that you are the great revealer of truth, that you reveal unto us the heart of the Father. And Father, we worship. We worship. We're so thankful, Father, that we're in a church tonight that knows you. We're in a church that knows how to worship you in spirit and truth. What an honor it is, Father. What an honor it is to be gathered together in a church that you've ordained, that you've called. And thank you, Father, that we see, we hear, know, and we're leaving changed in Jesus' name. And everybody shout. Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Well, I know last night I had a lot of fun with the students, and I hope the students had fun. Um, I know I did. Um, really enjoyed it. Just shared out of my heart quite a bit. And um, I, I believe that tonight that we're just going to be led by the Holy Ghost, and we're going to talk a, just a little bit about a couple of things that we talked about last night, and we're going to tie it into what God wants for tonight. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 24. It's a scripture that we hear often, a scripture that you know, um, and it's a good one. It's a good one. How many of you are thankful for the Word? Yeah. Don't you love the Word? Yeah. Oh, I'm so thankful. So thankful that we've got the word. Now notice here it says in John chapter 4, verse 24, it says, God is a spirit. What? Spirit. A spirit. It says, God is a spirit. Now we know that the next part of this verse, we probably all know it well, and it says, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And, uh, but God, notice the first few words, God is a spirit. You know, older in Genesis, it talks about how that God created man, what? Just like 
him. He made us in his image and in his likeness, and we are spirit beings. Look at your neighbor and say, you know you are a spirit. God made us like him. We talked a little bit last night about how that the realm of the spirit should not be a scary place to us. You know, God is a spirit. And guess where he lives? In the spirit. And we serve a God that we can't see with our natural eye, but he's very much alive. How many of you can say he's alive? Man, don't you believe he's alive? Our God is alive. He's a living God. Glory to God. He's not dead. Glory to God. I'm so thankful that he's alive. He's a spirit being, but he made you just like him, which means you're a spirit, which means you've got a legal right to operate in the realm of the spirit and have understanding. And right now, you know, some of you might be thinking, but that's kind of weird. That's freaky a little bit. But guess what? Every single one of us have already operated in the spirit anyway whether you feel like you have or not. You know why? Because if you're born again, you believed in an invisible God that you could not see with your natural eye, but you believe that his son Jesus came and died for your sins. Are you with me? And you believed in it. And it wasn't anything that you could see with your eyeballs. You know what I'm saying? But you believed in something that was spiritual, that was truth that it was wonderful, but it did something to you. It ignited you. I remember when I was six years old is when I got saved. Some people say, you can remember when you got saved and you were only six. Yep. I was raised in church my whole life, Pentecostal church, and I'll never forget it. I'm sitting on the second row beside my grandma and I'm coloring in my coloring book. (laughs) And my pastor, who was my uncle, was up speaking and he gave an altar call. I don't know if I listened to anything he said the whole night, but when he said, do you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you want to make heaven your home, come down here and give your life to him. It did something to me as a six-year-old and I began to cry. My grandmother looked at me and she goes, baby, what's wrong with you? I go, Grandma, move. I got to go down. I got to go down. I got to go down. And, you know, I went down to the altar and with some others that came down. And, whew, man, I got saved. It was wonderful. And even though I was six, I did a spiritual act that took me out of darkness and brought me into the marvelous light. So much to the point, my pastor, he then went on to say, after a few of us gave our lives to God, he said, do any of you want to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Well, hello, my mama was a Pentecostal prayer. And when he said that, I knew what he was talking about, Shondai, Shondai. <laughs> and so I was like, are you kidding me? I can do what mom does? And, and because my mom um, was a Holy Ghost prayer like crazy and people would call from all over to have mom pray with them. And so I was like, oh man. And, and so, you know, some people came down, but no time Pentecost, they thought you had to tarry and wait for the Holy Spirit to come like they did in the upper room. That was only one time they were supposed to tarry and wait. But back then we thought we had to wait and you could leave and not be filled. Well, that's not God's heart for this age. Are you with me, guys? Acts chapter 2 is a real thing that occurred. And 
we can be filled with the spirit, with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. So as a six-year-old, I was down at the altar, had just given my life to Jesus. The pastor says, anybody want to be filled with the spirit, with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue? I was like, and I raised my hand. He went over to these gentlemen over here that was on the other side, and he went to them first and began to minister. And then a bunch of the saints back in my church, the saints came around everybody that was praying at the altar, and they'd spit all over you praying. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Boy, did they spit. And because <laughs> they were so caught up in praying so earnestly, you know, and it was just like, pah, pah, you know, I remember my pastor, my uncle, he would, he would get to preaching sometimes and he'd start walking on the edge of the pews, you know, up on the tops, you know, and as a little girl, that was my favorite time of the service. Woo! <laughs> you know, he's walking on top of the pews and people are moving and, and people are weeping because he would, man, he was a preaching machine and, and it was just always so good. But I remember one time thinking, man, I wish I had an umbrella. He was just preaching like crazy and just spit flying everywhere, you know. Mom wouldn't ever let me bring an umbrella in, though. But this particular night, you know, he went over and he's praying for these people, but they thought that they had to tarry and wait and you might not get it. So they had been taught this so much that this one particular gentleman, I pray he's filled now, I'm not sure, but I, I, he, he was down there praying and I mean, the elders were all around him, God, God, spit, spit, God, you know, and they're praying for him and, um, and then they just kept on praying, but then my pastor came over to me, and he was up on the platform, and I was down on my knees, you know, uh, down on the floor, uh, you know, and my little head was <gasps> right there. He came over, and he's my, one of my favorite uncles, and he came to me, he goes, Natalie Ann, you want to receive the Holy Spirit? And I was like, yes, Uncle Russell. <laughs> you know, I'm sure I sounded cuter than that, but. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he said, Okay. He said, I'm going to pray for you, and you just receive him, and you'll begin to speak in an unknown tongue if it's his will. And so I was like, okay. And he started praying for me, and I said, I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. And because I was so young, I hadn't had the wrong teaching. What do you think I did? You talking about those Pentecostal people having church that night. <laughs> they were like, that little girl, she got filled so fast. And I was like, I didn't know any better. I just was like, it's a gift and I'm going to be like mama, you know. But there's nothing like being filled with the spirit. But guys, any of us that are filled with the spirit, all of us that are saved, um, you already did the greatest, biggest spiritual act that you'll ever have to do. You believed in a God that you couldn't see with your natural eye, but when you heard about him, you knew <gasps> he's real. That's truth. Are you with me? How many of you know he is real? We used to sing a song, he's real, he's real, Jesus is real to me. It's a Pentecostal song. Oh, yes, he gives me the victory. 
So many people doubt him, but I can't live without him. That is why I love him so, because he's so real to me. Well, let me tell you that he's real, real. Jesus is real to me. Oh, yes, he gives me the victory. So many people doubt him, but I can't live without him. And that is why I love him so, because he's so real to me. How many of you believe that? He's real, glory to God. I know that we're in a church tonight that knows he's alive. He's real. He's tangible. And how many of you know God wants to manifest himself even more in our personal lives, in our home life, in our workplace? He wants you to hear him. He wants you to see and know who he is and his power and his glory. And you wouldn't be here tonight if you didn't want to know more about him. Amen? Oh, he's real. And we need to recognize as the body of Christ that God made us so much like him that we are spirit beings and the realm of the spirit is not supposed to be a weird, spooky place. You know, you are a spirit. I didn't say you're Casper the ghost. I didn't say that you're floating around like, ooh, you know. The world and Hollywood try to make us think one thing about the realm of the spirit. But guys, I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible says that only a third of the angels fell from heaven, which means there's two thirds of angels that are of heaven, that are of God, and many are in heaven, but many of them are in operation in the church and in the world. But the enemy has made his voice so loud and has deceived so many that if we're not careful as the body of Christ, we get caught up into what he's doing. And then before you know it, we start freaking out about gas prices. We start freaking about, can you believe how high the food's getting? I'm freaking out about, oh, don't go see those bad movies. Oh, they're supernatural. They're weird and they're scary. As a believer, I don't go watch crazy stuff like that. You know, I haven't, I, I never will. Why? Because I don't want to put bad in right now close to Halloween, man, I tell you what, any channel you turn on the TV is all spooky, spooky and stuff. And the devil loves it because it glorifies him. It glorifies be in fear, be in fear, be afraid, be afraid. Now, I hope I haven't made somebody an enemy because you like all of those. That's all right. You got the right to do what you want to do. I'm just saying me, you know, because I like to keep myself fueled with who my God is. I like to keep my, well, I know how to keep that separate, sister. Well, great. When did you raise somebody from the dead recently? When did you pull somebody out of a wheelchair? You know, because I'll be honest, you know, I was over healing school for many, many years, and then I worked with Jim Hockaday for many years in healing school. And I realized real fast, I got to watch what I put in my eye gate. I can't watch... TV shows with people dying all the time with sickness and disease and hospital shows that people and then people are looking to the doctor to have the answer to everything. 
And then I would watch something and then I'd go the next morning to healing school and the person that was on the TV show the night before, somebody right here dealing with the same thing and they died over here in the movie and now I've got to stir myself up. Mm, Jesus, you are the healer. But see, what you fill yourself up on, what you fuel yourself up is what you're going to be operating in. Am I right? Glory to God. There's a reason I'm going to, I'm ahead in some place right now. Because see, the realm of the spirit is a real place. God wants us to recognize our standing. He wants to recognize I made you like me. Are you with me? You know, over in Mark chapter, chapter 11, don't tell Brother Hagin he's in heaven anyway. I, I almost forgot his famous scripture, Mark chapter 11, verse 22, 23, and 24. But in that, you know, it's where God said, Jesus said, have faith in God. He was talking to the disciples, have faith in God. And then he goes on, you know, you can speak to the mountain, the mountain will obey you, be cast into the sea. And then the next verse, you know, believe that you receive and you shall have them, you know, pray, you know, what about a blah. So, but I like this one part where it talks about that day, uh, the day before Jesus said all these things, him and the disciples were on their way someplace and Jesus saw this fig tree and I'm sure the leaves were blown and he thought, I am going to eat. And he was hungry evidently. And, but he got up to the tree and there were no figs on it. And immediately the scripture says that Jesus did what? He cursed the tree. And he said, nobody will ever eat from you ever again. To me, I always laugh because it makes me think of how my dad and one of my brother and my nephew are. When they're ready to eat, they're ready to eat. And if, they, if it's not ready, they got to control their flesh. Well, you said it was going to be on the table and it was going to be ready, and so here I am. Because they were hungry and they didn't eat a lot that day, and now they're ready to eat and the food's not there. None of you guys are like that, right? And so, but I always kind of laugh and I think, Lord, was that really how you were feeling? You got up to the tree and just got ticked off. <laughs> you know, he was perfect. Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, he cursed the tree and he said, nobody's ever going to eat from you ever again. The, the scripture goes on to say that the disciples heard him say that. But the disciples didn't say anything, and they just kept going into the city. The next morning, they came back through, and Peter says that he walked by the tree. He looked at the tree, and, uh, and he was like, oh, Master, look, the tree you cursed. And Jesus looked at him. And some people read it and think that Jesus was just being rolled. You know, oh, son, have faith in God. I don't see it that way. <laughs> I think... That when Jesus um, heard them freak out when they saw the tree, that it was dead. It had to be really dead. Not just the trees, turn, the leaves turned brown. I think, I think the leaves were gone. I think the thing was completely dead. The moment Jesus spoke, the roots of it died. And by the next morning when, or the next day when they come walking through, it was seriously dead. And Peter was like, oh my gosh, Jesus! Master, look at the tree. And he was like, oh, wow. And, <laughs> and Jesus said, this is how, this is Leanne's paraphrase. Are you kidding me? Have faith in God. How long do I have to be with you? That's how I see it. There's some other ministers that feel the same way about that passage. They don't think that Jesus was real happy that they were so shocked because how long have they been with him at that point? And now they're like, Whoa, you know, and, and it's like, seriously? 
And it goes on to say, the next verse, that Jesus then said to them, you can speak to the mountain, and the mountain will obey you. In other words, he's saying, you don't have to be me, because we made you like us back in Genesis chapter 1. You are a spirit. And as a spirit being, just like our father, you can speak and things will be created. Are you with me? Because in Genesis, isn't that what God did? God, as a spirit, spoke from the realm of the spirit and he spoke this world into being. Am I right? And so as he spoke, things begin to take shape and form. And then he said, let us make man and let us make him like us. So which means what God did, we could do. How many of you have used your words and it changed something in your life? This is true. These are the simple ABCs of believing God and learning faith and speaking and declaring what the word says and seeing the word manifest in our lives. And as a spirit being, you've got the right. You have dominion in your life. How many of you know that? You've got all authority over in Colossians chapter two. I believe it's like about verse 15 where it says that Jesus made a show of the devil openly. He triumphed over him in it. The devil hasn't got any victory or reign over the believer unless the believer gives it to him. I don't know about you, but I've been on a war path these last few months to where I'm determined the devil will never have dominion in my life. He will never reign. In my body, he will never reign in my finances. I'm done with it. Why? Because I'm not going to let it go by vainly what Jesus gave to me. How about you? We're going to live out of the word. We're going to live out of his promises. He gave us all authority, all power. He gave us dominion to rule and reign. Even God said it back in Genesis that we have dominion over every creeping thing. (laughs) You have authority over everything. We shouldn't be afraid of this world. We shouldn't be afraid of what the enemy tries. Amen? God's given you authority to rule and reign in this life. Look at your neighbor and say, you got authority. (laughs) Glory to God. We rule, we reign in life. So we've been made like God. We've been made like him. So as a spirit, there's some spiritual truths that we as the body of Christ have operated in a little bit but God wants us to operate in the fullness of it. Guys, the realm of the spirit, you know, how many of you know that God's the alpha and the omega, right? The beginning and the end. How many of you believe that God's always been? Yeah. So as a spirit that lives in the spirit, I would say the realm of the spirit has always been. That realm is, should be more real to us than this realm. Just think on it if it seems weird. But that realm should be more real to us as a believer that has been joined to God. And we're going to give you some scripture here. That realm, the realm of glory, the realm of truth should be so real to us 
you're a spirit being. Paul said it in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. He said, I pray, God, that your whole spirit, soul, and body, he broke us down into a three-part being. Brother Hagen used to say, I am a spirit, I live in a body, I possess a soul. What is your soul? Your mind, your intellect, your will, your emotions. But first, he said, you're a spirit, Paul said. Spirit, soul, body. What am I? A spirit, I have a soul, and I've got this body. I'm a spirit being. I can operate and deal with things in the realm of the spirit. I can speak to the mountains, the mountains obey me, meaning the mountains in your life, the issues, the problems, amen? God wants us to operate from such confidence in our walk, in our relationship with him, so that the word of God is our reality, right? God wants to be all up in your business. He wants to be in your home. He wants to be in your marriage. He wants to be with you when you're disciplining your children, raising your kids. He wants to be with you in your business, in your workplace. He wants to be all up in your business. How many of you can say he is? How many of us can say he could be more? <laughs> well, how does he become? more into, how does he get more into our business? By becoming more aware of him, how he made us, and how we are to operate. Some people don't want to walk or go deeper in God. That's not me, is that you? Is that you? No, don't you wanna go deeper? Don't you wanna have more light and revelation? You know, thank God we can walk in more truth and understanding of the word. God wants us to fellowship with him. Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is spending time with him, hearing his heart, hearing his voice. Oh, loving on him. And you know, God is a planner. So you, that, you guys that think other people that are planners and detailers, we got it from God. Not all of us have to be that way, but some of us better be, right? It's some of his attributes. He's a planner. And guys, he planned for Jesus. He knew that Adam and Eve were going to mess up, and he knew Jesus, man, his son was the only one that was going to be able to save us and redeem us and bring us back into fellowship. Eve, why did you have to eat the apple? And Adam, why did you have to let her do it? I'm a woman, so that's how I view it. Because <laughs> God didn't tell Eve not to eat. He told Adam. So, <laughs> But, you know, you think about what God has done. He knew that Adam and Eve were going to mess up. He knew that it was going to take a savior to come in. He knew that he was going to have to be the spotless lamb. And he knew there was only one person that was worthy that could do this. And it was his only son. Aren't you glad Jesus said yes? Aren't you glad that God was willing to let him do it? And Jesus said, yes, I'll do it. He redeemed us. Here he is, the son of God, getting ready to pay for the sins of the world when he was in the earth. But right before 
He died on the cross, did all the suffering, went to hell and suffered. But on the third day, whoo, how many of you think for the third day, he came up out of that grave. But before he did all of that, he began to prepare the disciples. And he began to share with them. It's expedient for you. So let's just turn there. Let's look. Let me see. We're going to go to John. I believe it's chapter 14. We'll see. It could be 16. I'll look. Are you guys all right with me? Yep. All right. You know, as you're turning there, I'm, I'm, where did I tell you to go? I'll, I'll first tell you where it is. 16.7 is what we're going to read. But before you, as you're going there, I want to read a couple of scriptures here. Do you know in Proverbs 20, verse 27, it says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man. So your spirit is what God looks down upon. God looks to see where you're at, what's going on in your world, but he looks at your spirit. I look at your belly. Why? Because um, John uh, 7, what is it? John 7, 38 talks about out of your belly flows rivers of living water. Seems like your spirit's right there in the core of your being, right there in your belly. Have you ever sensed sometimes that your, your, your belly can start turning in a service or you'll sense, you know, I, I've had my stomach just go, what's wrong, Father? What's going on? And he'd have me pray for somebody or he'd have me pray or intercede for someone. And then I'd pray until I had a breakthrough and knew that I got the answer. And then I would hear about it. I did that. I was, a, I was a Rhema student, and I was studying. I was sitting on my little bed, my twin bed, studying for my classes. And all of a sudden, whoo, something started turning in my belly. And I was like, Father, what's going on? Something, something's wrong. Something's wrong somewhere. What's going on? And, and he didn't tell me right away, but, you know, uh, I knew, get in the prayer closet. So I, would, I closed myself in the closet, turned the light out so I wouldn't want to organize it, clean it up. <laughs> got down on my knees and I said, Father, I know in my spirit right now, I'm, I'm 18 years old doing this. I know right now in my spirit that somebody's in danger. Who is it, Father? And I knew it was somebody in my family. And so I just prayed, Father, I lift them up to you right now. And I lifted them up, began to pray for them, and then began to pray in an unknown tongue. And I stayed like that until, man, I got a note of victory. And you know when you've got victory. Don't you know when you got victory over something? You'll either start laughing, you'll start rejoicing, or you'll start singing, and it'll be like, whoo, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got the answer. Man, I was happy. I opened that closet door, went back, sat down on my bed, and started studying. studying. It wasn't long, my phone rang and it was my mom. And she said, Leanne, I got to tell you something. I go, what is it, mom? She said, your grandma fell and she sat in, in the back room. She <laughs> broke her hip. And I go, mom, what time did that happen? About the time I was praying. I go, mom. I said, she's okay. Yeah, honey, she's okay. Huh. She said, your uncle, I had an uncle Ralph. How many of you got an uncle Ralph? <laughs> yeah, not too many, right? And, um, my Uncle Ralph, he, he, all of a sudden, he was just like, I need to go check on Ma. And, and he never went down that time of the day. But guess who alarmed him? He might not have known it, but it was Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I was getting ready to sing another Pentecostal song, but I'll, I'll keep you from it. But the Holy Spirit alarmed him. He might not have known it was the Holy Spirit, but he was just like, I need to go check on Ma. Got down there. 
and he was able to help her, took her into the hospital. And it was like, man, had I not prayed, there's no telling, because he normally didn't go down till late in the evening. Huh. But, you know, I have that sense, that right there in my spirit, in my belly, my, inner, my innermost being, ooh, something's wrong, something's wrong. Anybody ever have those knowings? Just, ooh, 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 yeah, you know. Um, if you haven't, then the more you get closer to him and become aware of it, you'll start, ooh, what's that? God, are you trying to tell me something? He's real. Don't make me say it again. But the scripture says that uh, in Proverbs that the spirit of man's the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. There's a verse in Job that, man, when I found it, I was like, there is something good in Job. <laughs> Chapter 32, I'm joking. Chapter 32, verse 8. There is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. You are a spirit. And right here in scripture, there's a spirit in man. Every single one of us has a spirit in us, your spirit, your human spirit. And the inspiration of the almighty God gives your spirit understanding. You know, a lot of times we'll take credit for something. And, and if we really look down in our heart, we'd find <laughs> that was God. I didn't know that. That was God. Got to be careful not to take credit for some things. But there's a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty causes your human spirit to have understanding. Uh, in, in James 2, verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is a dead body. So what does that mean? So if I don't have a spirit, then that means I'm not kicking in the earth anymore. Stephen, um, where is it? In Acts chapter 7, he was being stoned. And he said, Lord Jesus... Receive my spirit. He didn't say, receive my intellect. <laughs> receive my mind, my will, my emotions, Lord. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my body. No, he said, my spirit. And the Bible says that when he said that, that his spirit went up to God who gave it. But his body did what? <laughs> Fell to the ground. Your spirit is the real you. There are many people that have either had visions or dreams or they've went to heaven and they've seen loved ones and they said, wow, wow, don't worry. You're going to be known as you are in earth. You're going to look like you. Brother Hagen told the story about his sister. He saw his sister in heaven, and he knew immediately who she was. You know, she might have been younger, looked a lot better, but it was his sister. Your spirit looks like you. Are you with me? You are a spirit. You live in a body. You possess a soul. I'm not trying to be spooky. Not trying to be weird. But I'm trying to help you recognize you are a spirit being made like God. And God said, let's make them just like us. And then you've got Jesus telling the disciples, are you kidding? You speak to the mountain. You say, what is he saying to us? Guys, we made you just like us. We spoke. Things were created. You speak and things happen. Right? Your spirit being, this realm has to obey you. Come on. This natural realm has to obey you. And when you get your words out there, let's say sickness tries to come on you. 
You speak what the word says, you declare it, and then you tell your body, this is what you're doing. This is, some people think, oh God, heal me, oh God, heal me. Well, that's not scriptural anymore. Uh Uh-uh, no. He tells us to speak. Jesus is not gonna come back and, and take stripes on his back again. It was enough. What he did was enough. That's what the B.I.B. tells us. The B.I.B.L.E. that is, tells us, right? What he did was sufficient. All that we need, he did for us. We've got it all. He's equipped us. We don't lack in anything. We've got it all. He supplies all of our needs. He strengthens us. He's our life. He's our health. He's our wholeness. And our body has to come in line with what Jesus did. But it's up to us to get our mouthpiece. The greatest piece that you've got is that mouth of yours. There's life and death. What? In the power of the tongue. And that's why the enemy will work and work and work to get people to speak opposite of what the word says. We don't want to speak opposite of the word. We want to speak what the word says, because when you speak what the word says, then it will be manifested in your life. Well, I've tried that and that didn't work. Come on. Come on now. The word never lies. If there's a problem, it's not with God. Look in the mirror. Ouch. But it's true, right? The word is our reality. And if we're going to do greater works than what Jesus did, because Jesus said we would, if we're going to do greater works than him, then we've got to begin to walk in the full reality of, whoo, God made me like him. I am Jesus in the earth. Are you deity? No, but you've got deity in you. And that's where we're going next. You've got deity in you. You've got the third person of the Godhead. Last night in the class, I said this. I I said, you know, Jesse Duplantis, you know, he had a vision. I think it was a vision or was it a dream? I don't remember. He went to heaven. And he, he saw Jesus, and Jesus was taking him through heaven, and then he saw the Father. And when he said he stood there, he, he was like, well, where's the Holy Ghost? And so he asked, where's the Holy Ghost? And Jesus looked at him and said, he's in the earth. And he said, I felt so stupid. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you know, because he's in the earth. Jesus even said, he will, the Holy Spirit, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That he's with you forever. Forever. And this scripture that I've had you turn to in uh, John, look at it here. Jesus told them before he died, he said, "Uh, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So here the son of God is saying, here he is, the one that's going to die, pay for everything, our sins, go to hell and suffer. Come out on the third day. Man, he's getting ready to pay an ultimate price for all of mankind. But he's making sure, he's prophesying, he's getting his words out there, already declaring, there's somebody that's coming after me. Do you see that? Son of God. He's prophesying. 
He's getting things set up, getting things ready, and he's telling them, hey, there's somebody coming. He's the comforter. There's more scripture, so let's turn to a few other places. Let's look at John 14, verse 16. John 14, 16, it says, and I will pray the Father, this is Jesus, I'm going to pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. How long is forever? Forever. So the Holy Spirit is with us forever. Um, So then we go to John 14, verse 26. But the comforter, Jesus again speaking, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. So what is he doing? Jesus was setting his disciples up. He was setting us up to know, whoo, somebody else is going to be in the earth and he's not going to be there for a limited time like he was because he was 33 years. The Holy Spirit is forever. So we've got deity in the earth and not only is he in the earth, but he's in us. If you turn to John chapter 14, go back again to verse 17, the verse that I preach on and have preached on it for many, many years. It's, it's just a, a verse that is very significant in our ministry. The spirit of truth, the world doesn't see or know. Jesus is talking again. The spirit of truth, the world doesn't see or know, but you know him. Because he's going to live and dwell on the inside of you. Notice what Jesus was doing. He was setting him up. Man, guys, you know him because he's going to live and dwell on the inside of you. He was starting to talk to them all about what was going to happen in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. Are you guys okay with this? Where the Spirit of God was going to come and set upon them and they were... All them, they were all sitting out there. There's nothing like praying with people that love to pray. Amen, guys? Man, they're praying. That, but I mean a house. I mean the house is whew, praying. The roof is coming off. They're just, oh, they're praying in the spirit. Well, my head's bowed and I'm up at the podium. And while I'm standing there, all of a sudden I felt a breeze come by my right side or my left side. And I thought, who came up to pray with me? So I opened my eyes. I did a whole 180. There was nobody that came up to pray with me. Well, I thought to myself, is there a vent up there? But I just kept praying in the spirit. I didn't want them to stop, you know. And, and so I went back to praying with my heart connected, you know, and, and just closed my eyes, went back to it. And all of a sudden, just felt a breeze on my right side. And so this time I thought, I'm going to catch him in the act. <laughs> I opened my eyes to see who stood up, who did something. And nobody, everybody's heads were bowed. They were all praying. And I was like, what in the world? And just like that. I knew, had a spirit of knowing. I had sensed it. There was somebody standing in front of the podium. I couldn't see him with my natural eyes, but I could see him in the, I knew that he was there in the spirit, but I couldn't see him even in the spirit, but I could sense him. I could feel that somebody was there. I was like, who, who is, who is this? Is this you, Lord? Is this an angel? Didn't say anything. So I thought, well, maybe one of the prayers No. So I go, everybody, wait a minute. I wasn't Mike, so I'm shouting. Have you ever tried to stop 70 Holy Ghost prayers (laughs) without a microphone? I shouted. 
They all stopped finally, and they looked at me like, why did you stop us? We just started, you know? I go, guys, I got to tell you something. I felt a breeze on the left, the right, and told them the story. I said, somebody's standing here. Does anybody know? Does anybody have something, see something, know something? And they all just looked at me. I go, well, I said, let's go back to praying in the spirit then. Let's, let's pray in tongues. And, and I said, maybe, maybe we'll, he'll speak or whoever it is, if it's an angel, whatever. And so I bowed my head again, and we all just begin to pray in the spirit. Well, about that time, all of a sudden, I heard his voice. And it was Jesus. I know, I know his voice. And he spoke. And he said, he, this is what he said to me. He goes, my stamp of approval is upon the prayer program here at Ramah. And then he paused, and I thought, why are you pausing for? Couldn't see him. I heard him. And then it dawned on me, oh, he wants me to tell them. Guys, it's Jesus. <laughs> and he just said to me, because I had already begun to make changes, but he said to me that his stamp of approval is upon the prayer program here at Ramah. They were like, oh. And then... When I said what he said, he said something else. And then I repeated it. He said something else. I repeated it. And then about like the fourth time, after I repeated what he said, the prayers, the leaders, they just started praying in the spirit. I, I'm the leader. I didn't tell you to pray. <laughs> but they just started praying. I don't think I could have stopped them if I wanted to. Because, you know, a spirit of prayer. Have you ever been in a service where a spirit of prayer just falls? And, I mean, you just want to pray. And you just, you got to pray. And, but that's what happened. They're all praying. They're all praying. And before I knew it, because I love to pray, I had walked away from the podium. I'm standing over on this side in front of some of the prayers. Man, I'm hooking up with them. I'm praying. Oh, brass Ezekiel died. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me, Leanne, why'd you walk from away from the podium? Jesus was here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. And I walked back over to the podium, and I couldn't sense him anymore. I didn't have goosebumps. I couldn't feel him. I had no feeling at all. And I'm like, and you know we're not supposed to go by feeling. But I sensed him in the room, and he was talking. And so I stood there, and it didn't matter if I was praying or not. They just kept praying, so I just didn't even pray. I just stood there aggravated. I stood there and I was just like, I cannot believe that I walked away and our Lord and Savior was standing right in front of the podium. Couldn't see you, but I knew you were there. And, and I walked over there and started praying with them. Man, I'm just aggravated. About that time, the back door swung open to the auditorium and I thought, well, who's coming in? Because, I mean, they're praying. I've never, I mean, didn't matter what I was doing. I was aggravated. Don't act like you've never been aggravated before. <laughs> you holy thing, you. But I, I looked over to see, well, who, who went out and who's coming back in, you know? I looked. <laughs> it was a man in a white robe. I knew immediately who he was. He looked at me as he was walking in, <laughs> and he smiled. He walked down to the middle aisle like this, and he started walking down the, the aisle to me. And I'm just standing at the podium, probably looking like a goober. I don't know. I mean, I'm like, oh. <laughs> he got up to the, po to, the, to the podium, standing there, and he looked at me, and he tilted his head, smiling. He goes, Leanne, the same manner that I came into this room tonight is the same manner in which I live in you always. I go, what? 
The same manners he was talking about when I sensed him on my left and on my right, and he was at the podium and I was loving it. Oh, and then he started speaking and I was telling the prayers, and then I messed up. They started praying, and I went over there, and then I felt like he left when I got back over here. Then I saw him with my eyes wide open, my natural eyes. He walked in, came to me, Leanne. The same manner in which I came into this room tonight is the same manner in which I live in you always. <gasps> and just like that, I couldn't see him anymore with my natural eye. But he was still there. I got revelation. <gasps> God, you're with me always. You never leave me. You never forsake me. You're with me always. <gasps> I got revelation of the Son of God. Father, Son, Holy Ghost are three, but yet one. His spirit is in the earth. And Jesus said before he left this earth, the spirit of truth, you know, and he's going to live and dwell on the inside of you. And then I had that experience where he said to me, Leanne, I'm in you always. And you wanted to go, blah, 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 blah. that's what the good book says, all right, but I just needed a little more duh, duh. knowledge, revelation. But that moment, my life changed because I then began to realize more and more, I'm not ever alone. No matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, good or bad, I'm not ever alone. He's with me always. He's with me always. How many of you know he wasn't just saying that so that I could walk, walk around with a big head? He did that so that I would go around the world telling every single one of us he's alive and he lives in you. And you know him. You know him. Jesus said, it's expedient for me to go. I got to get out of here, guys. I love you. But there's somebody that's coming after me. He's the great revealer of truth. He's going to show you the heart of our Father. And he lives in you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to reveal to you. Guys, I'm going to tell you a story again. Is that Okay. I was telling a story, or I, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say it. I was dealing with some things physically in my body. And I had went to the doctor because I wasn't taking care of myself. And thank God I'm on it now and I'm doing what's right and working out. And ugh, Thank you, Jesus. So I'm doing way good now. I've lost over 100 pounds. And um, on my way to my skinny place, I told Miss Amy that I'm going to look like her. Yes, I am. <laughs> And um, so anyway, I, I got, I finally got it. You know, if I'm going to live in this earth, I got to take care of the house that I'm in. And, um, but anyway, I um, will never forget, this was way before I, I knew what I needed to do. And I wasn't taking care of myself. My sugar was really high and um, just couldn't get it under control. And I went into the doctor and, and she said to me, oh my God, she said, when people are at the state that you're in, I've put them in the hospital, and some have died. Well, praise the Lord. 
Because I sat there thinking, well, I'm glad you're not my God. <laughs> but I realized I got I to gotta change me. But she said, you've got to come in and have a, short, a little procedure done. And, and I was like, what? And she goes, I'm warning you right now. It is a very painful, painful shot. And, um, and it's going to hurt. And you're going to have to have more than one. And, and uh, it's going to be very, very painful. And, I, and she, so I had to come back the next day. Well, I went to work there at Rama, and I'm leading a prayer group. It's 1130 prayer group, and I'm in there, and I'm praying. And I had told the other lady that leads with me, I told her, I said, I'm going to have to leave right before noon because I've got a doctor's appointment. As I'm sitting there in the chair leading in prayer, the Spirit of God said to me, and it was almost like an audible voice to me, but it was on the inside. He said, I'm going to be with you today when you have that procedure done. So don't be afraid. I was like, that was loud. I even opened my eyes to see if anybody else heard it because it was so loud in me. And when he said it, it was just like, I felt like a coat came down and just rested on me. Ooh, wow. I got in my car to leave. And he said it. He goes, I'm with you, Leanne. I'm with you. I went in, and the nurse and the doctor prepped me, get me ready for these shots. And, and again, both of them are trying to scare me like crazy. Scare me. Oh, it's miserable. No one. No, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt so bad. But it'll be over quickly. It will be. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I've got, I've got fist, you know, and I'm like going, ooh, you know. Father, you said you were with me. And I'm just talking to them real quiet on the inside. They can't hear me. You're with me. You're with me. You're with me. And the nurse came up to me and she goes, "Hun, are you okay?" I go, "Yeah. When are they gonna? When is she gonna do it?" Well, hun, she's already done one. I go, "She did." She goes, "You didn't feel it?" I said, "No." <laughs> she goes, "Wow." And and she goes, "Well." And then the doctor said, "Well, here comes another one. You're gonna feel this one." This time, I wasn't, Jesus. I go, Jesus, Jesus. I said it right out loud. And she go, the doctor goes, that's right. Call on him. Call on him. <laughs> Come to find out her dad was a Baptist preacher. <laughs> and she said, call on him. I said, yes, Jesus, you're with me. And so when she said that, I was like, I'm going for it. Jesus, you are with me. You are with me. The nurse came back over to me, hun, are you okay? I go, yeah, when is she going to do it again? Hun, she already did it. I go, wow, praise God, I didn't feel nothing. If I felt anything, it was like you might have poked me just like that or touched me. She goes, wow. I was like, huh, when you know him, you hear him. When you live from a place of confidence... He's my God, he's my Lord, he's my Savior, he's my Redeemer, and his spirit lives on the inside of me, and I know him. Oh, I'm so aware of you, Lord Jesus. See, the realm of the spirit, God's a spirit, you're a spirit, he made you like him. The realm of the spirit is a real place that you can operate in, live in, and not be afraid. You shouldn't be in fear when you see something of God in the spirit. Now, flesh will try to get freaked out, especially if your word level isn't your reality. 
Are you with me? I told this story. I don't know if I told it last night or not. I'll share this, and we'll see if God wants us to do anything else. But I'll never forget, we were in Miami, Florida, doing a crusade. Jerry and I were. And we, we were uh, the main speakers. Well, we were the only speakers. And, um, uh, huh? Yeah, it was a healing, healing school uh, meeting. And so we were teaching and ministering on healing. And the senior pastor was in his 80s, he, or the early 80s. He hadn't been there um, in the meeting because he hadn't been feeling well. And one night, we'd come in from the meeting, and uh, we got the, a phone call. And the phone call, it was... Uh, one of the pastor's sons said, guys, we need you to pray. We've had to rush dad, the senior pastor, to the hospital. And um, the doctor has said, call the family in. All of his vitals are shutting down. We can't figure out what's going on. He's getting ready to die. And he said, we don't want him to go yet. And I was like, no, of course not. We loved him. And, and so he said, pray, pray. So we got off the phone. And Jerry and I, we, I told Jerry, I said, hon, he can't die. We'll never be asked back to another church to minister. <laughs> They'll think, ask them to come and people will die. <laughs> and, and we were like, oh, no, he doesn't. And so we began to pray. And we prayed what every believer would pray. We rebuke the spirit of death off of him right now in the name of Jesus. He will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And we just begin to declare it and decree it. And then, you know, the Bible says when you've prayed all you know to pray, you know, Romans 8, 26, lean on the spirit of God on the inside and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And so we begin to pray in the spirit. And man, we're just praying in an unknown tongue. As we're praying in the spirit, all of a sudden, I shouted the name of Jesus. I didn't consciously think to say it. It just came up out of me. I go, Jesus. And then I was like, whoo. I looked over, I go, did you sense that? He goes, yeah. Whew, there was unction, anointing, a power supply when I shouted his name like that. And I didn't do it consciously from my head. So I went back to praying in tongues again. Oh, oh Jesus! And this last time, I shouted his name so loud that all of a sudden, I was no longer sitting on the couch in our suite in, that, in the resort that we were staying in. I was standing in the hospital where the pastor was laying on the hospital bed and I was standing at the door of the hospital room and I looked over at him and Jesus was standing on the other side of the bed and Jesus looked up over at me and he smiled and he looked back down at the pastor and he said to him, he had his one hand over him and he said, he said, it's not time for you to come home yet. Heart behold. And he put his hand down his body just like that. And then when he finished that, just like that, I'm back in the hotel room. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, Jerry, Jerry, did you see that? Did you see that? He said, Jesus was in there, was in the room, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I told him everything I saw. I said, we got to call them. So we called. 
Guys, this is what we saw. Jesus was in the room and he said, he's not ready for him to come home yet. It's not time for him to come home. He told them the whole thing. They started shouting and rejoicing. Whew, glory to God. They didn't call us anymore that night. We went to bed, got up that morning, went to the church to do another service. We got in there. We went into the speaker's room to get mic'd up and we got in there and the senior pastor's wife was there. I wasn't expecting to see her. And um, she came right up to me and, and she put her hand on my shoulders and just pulled me into her. And I mean close talker. How many of you know close talkers, you know, right in your face? She got right up in my face and she said, Leanne, tell me again what you saw last night in prayer. I was like, okay. (laughs) And I said, well, uh, you know, I told her what we prayed. I saw Jesus. And he said, it's not time for him to go home yet. And he spoke over his heart and said, heart be whole. Put his hand down his body like that. And then just like that, I was sitting back on in the couch again in in our suite. Oh, thank you, Jesus. She began to weep and cry. Oh, thank you, Lord. I go, why? What's going on? She said, I just came back from the hospital. I go, yeah. And the doctor came in and he said, I don't know what was going on last night. All of his vitals shut down and he was getting ready to die. But he's alive. And he said, we've done complete checks and tests all on his heart. There is nothing wrong with his heart. He has the heart of a 21-year-old man. Jesus is the healer. And that realm of the spirit is real. He is working in that realm. And he wants us as his children to recognize we've got a right to operate over in that realm. That his spirit lives on the inside of us. We've got the word and we've got his spirit. And we don't ever step out line of the word. And the spirit of God will never want you to step out of line with the word. The word and the spirit agree. They work together. And when you yield yourself to him, there are adventures, exploits in God that you can do. Places that he will take you and show you things and help you pray his heart out. God wants you to be more aware of him than this world. But in order to get that reality of him, he's in me. Oh, the same manner in which he walked into that prayer room that night with those prayer leaders is the same way he's in us always. He's tangible. He's touchable. You speak to the mountain. You're a spirit being. You rule over this realm. This natural realm obeys you. God gave your pastor's vision for this church. We were talking because we're pioneering, we're launching. So, man, we pulled on them like crazy at lunch today. Well, tell us how you did it. How did you do it? And he said, started telling us how they started. Now they started what, with three? Three, yeah. And, and they were telling and they were, t- man, we were just pulling on. And now look at you guys. The vision started in them. Well, where did the vision come from? Our Father, who is in direct communion with His Spirit at all times. And His Spirit 
lives on the inside of us, lives inside your pastors. And God gave them a vision. I like to call it a mandate. He gave them purpose, destiny for their lives. They might not have known it all, but I'm sure they knew it in part, what was going to take place. God's done that for Jerry and I. Five years before we even moved to Texas, before we even said, yes, we'll pastor. I'm praying with healing school technicians on a Tuesday morning. They're on campus at Rama. We were praying for the body of Christ as a whole, for the move of the spirit to be in the church like never before. That the body of Christ, that the believers would begin to operate out of who they are in Christ. That they would live out of in him realities. And that, and that everybody in the church would live from such a place of depth of revelation of God within them. Man, you talking about unction in prayer? Woo, we didn't want to stop praying, but healing school had to start. And so I looked down, my, oh, goodness, guys, we got to go. And so we dismissed. As I'm walking out the door, uh, same door that Jesus had walked in, you know, I'm walking out the door to go to my office because I got to run over and teach a class to the students. And so I ran back to my office, but as I'm going out the door, the Spirit of God said to me, Leanne, you know that church you were praying for? Well, yeah, it's the body of Christ. He goes, that church you were praying for was yours. I rebuke that now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I'd never heard him say something like that, and I didn't want it. I got into my office, I sat down in my chair, and I just began to cry because I knew it was wrong that I'd rebuked God. And I repented. I said, God, forgive me. I know your voice, and I know you said that, but seriously, we don't want to be pastors. We like popping into a church and preaching and popping back. We have four-day weekends when we're not out on the road. We got a good life. We enjoy it. I don't want a pastor. Kid, no, no. And I'm sitting there, but you know we'll do whatever you tell us to do. And then I didn't want to hear any more about it. So I closed my ears spiritually. Because, <laughs> see, that was the beginning of him putting vision in me. I went home that night. I said, hon, you're not going to believe this. We watched it. I go, you're not going to believe this. You know what I felt God said to me today? And I told him. He goes, oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, he doesn't want us to do that. I go, oh, no, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I flipped the TV back on, lying against what I knew in my heart, you know, flipped the TV back on. And then I paused it again. I go, but honey, you know if we ever did this, we would go and explode in a city with at least 25 people with us. And it would be a big city, and, and it would be by a major airport, international airport. And the move of the Spirit will be going. The gifts of the Spirit will be in operation. In Him, realities will, whoo, everybody, every department will operate in who they are in Christ. From the children's, the youth, you name it, parking lot attendants, they're going to know who they are in Christ. They're going to operate from such a place of faith. 
He goes, yeah, yeah, that's how we do it, but we're not going to do it. I said, you know, we're not. But what was I doing? I was already prophesying what was going to take place because he lives on the inside of me. And he'll reveal things to you even at times when you don't even know he's saying it. Well, you know, I think I need to just go over there. I think I need to go do something. Or I, I, you know, I think I need to go a different route to work or a different route here or there. And, and you're thinking it's just you. Well, how many of you know? It's the Holy Ghost and fire. It's called the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. I think it's the hardest thing to get out of the will of God when you're a prayer, when you're looking to him all the time. Because he'll start showing you things. You might fight it like we did, but we don't fight anymore. We now are in Rockwall, Texas. We've got at least 25 people that are with us. We have our children's pastor, youth pastors, outreach directors. We've got two sets of associates. We've got prayers. We, you name it. We've, God set us up. And we're training our team because we're going to explode in Rockwall, Texas, right on the edge of Dallas, 8 million people with an international airport. Well, how'd you figure out Rockwall? Too long to tell you, but it was God. <laughs> because if we'd done what we wanted to do, we would have been on the coast. <laughs> Texas doesn't have four seasons. It's hot, a little cool. Hot. <laughs> Christmases can be 80 degrees sometimes. <laughs> I'm loving this weather. I'm saying all of this to say, you look at this mandate right here. Where did it come from? The heart of God. But God spoke to a man of God Amen. and began to deal with him. And he didn't deal with him all up here. He got it here. And then God helped revelation come up to a soul. You know, a little, little, little nugget of truth. Well, how do I get what God's saying and speaking to me to come up and bring revelation to my mind? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, God will begin to do things on the inside of you because you're finally being quiet and you're speaking in an unknown tongue and he'll begin to cause revelation to come to your mind. I'm sitting in that hotel room. I'm not thinking about saying the name of Jesus. I love the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus all the time. I was just praying in tongues. But then all of a sudden, Jesus, whoo, that had some power. And then the second time, Jesus took me all the way into the hospital room. The realm of the spirit is real. That's why the enemy fights it so. That's why he told, um, made people think, the devil that is, that tongues have been done away with. Because he knows the power of the third person of the Godhead who lives on the inside of us. And he wants to dampen anything concerning the anointing. I was in the Caribbean. Uh, before I was married, my girlfriend and I, we would go every year to a different island. 
and have vacation. And we were in Jamaica this one year. And every night, we, you know, we're Holy Ghost girls. You know, we love God. We're not out drinking. We're not doing stupid stuff. And, and um, at night, at late, we decide, let's pray for our husbands that are supposed to be coming into our lives. Let's pray about our lives. And so we'd pray for her, and then we'd pray for me, and we'd pray in the Spirit. And this particular night, I was sitting there. We had the door open, the, the sliding glass door. The breeze was coming in from the ocean. And we weren't praying real loud because, you know, there were other people not far from us. And, you know, we're just... We're praying as if we're talking. And you're, you know, we're in another place, the Caribbean, you know, and there's people from all kinds of nations and they're all talking in their languages. And so if we're praying in tongues, they're going to think we're talking in another language. <laughs> Ask me how I know. I'm not going to tell you that crazy story because you might not want to listen to me anymore. But anyway, it's getting late. I'm, th- I'm stopping. We're praying in the spirit, but we're just praying, oh, Father, your will be done in our lives. I opened my eyes and was just praying in tongues for a little bit. As I was praying in tongues, all of a sudden, I saw this evil spirit, a principality. He wasn't just a demon. He was a principality, a ruler of darkness. I saw him come through the door and he stood right across from me and he was a real tall, real stern, mean looking dude. And he looked at me. (laughs) You might say, did you get scared? Absolutely not. I was sitting there on my bed And just like that, a spirit of knowing, I knew why he had showed up. Because he had sensed the anointing. He heard us praying out of our belly that flows rivers of living water, John 7, 38. He heard that anointing. The devil knows the spirit of truth. He doesn't like God. He wanted to be God, remember? And he got cast down from heaven. And now he's dealing with a body of Christ that's in the earth that knows who they are. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it when a believer knows that when you pray in tongues, you cause tremendous power to be made available in the earth that God's will is being accomplished. And so I'm looking at that evil principality. And on the inside... I knew a spirit of knowing talks about a spirit of knowing in Ephesians chapter one, spirit of wisdom, a spirit of knowing. I knew, I knew he showed up because of the anointing that he heard coming out of that room. Not because we were screaming and shouting loud, but we were in the spirit in prayer. They don't like it. And he was looking at me real stern, trying to figure out what we were doing And I knew why he showed up. And so I laughed. She's still over there praying on her bed. Doesn't even know what I'm doing. I looked at him. I said, just because you showed up, I'm praying for this island. The harvest is going to be reaped on this island. The move of the spirit is going to happen on this island. The harvest. Oh, when I kept going on, He couldn't get out of the room fast enough. (laughs) He ducked down and he was gone. I yelled over at my friend, Shelly, Shelly, wait a minute. She goes, what? I go, you're not going to believe. I just, she goes, what? 
what? I go, uh-uh, no reason to be afraid, man. He was afraid of us. Man, because of the power in the name of Jesus and what we're doing, he sensed the anointing on us. And he came to find out if we were going to bring havoc to his island. Guess what? We're bringing havoc to the island. We took our dominion. Man, we started praying every night the rest of the week. Man, we prayed like a house of fire for that place. Don't you know he never showed up again? But man, we prayed down so many angels for that island. And the move of God is happening on that island. Guys, there's a great harvest that's been reaped from that place, and it's still happening. Why am I sharing these things? To stir you up, to make you hungry, to help you recognize that, guys, you've got a legal right to operate with the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of you. Your voice is vital for his kingdom, for his plans, for his purposes. He'll speak to your heart, just little old you, just praying all by yourself. Oh, praying in faith, praying in, on purpose, in tongues. Father, I thank you that when I pray in tongues, that your word says that I build myself up, I stir up the gift of God within me, I pray out mysteries, I pray out whatever you desire to be done, I'm here. And guys, you do it in faith. Doesn't the Bible say in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right, that when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're speaking unto God, not unto man? For? 14, thank you. Uh, don't tell anybody that I teach on prayer all the time. <laughs> Verse 2, I think it is, though. That when you're speaking in an unknown tongue, you're speaking unto God. You're speaking, not speaking to man. You're speaking to God. So why in the world would we not pray in tongues? Why in the world would we not do it in faith? Knowing, hey, your word says that when I'm praying in tongues, I'm talking to you. Your head might not get it all, but God will cause some revelation to come to you while you're praying. How many of you have gotten revelation when you've prayed in tongues? Woo, got understanding. Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh. You know, I'm going to be so bold just to ask right now, not, with, not even with your heads bowed. How many in the room is not filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue? Is there anybody in the room that's bold enough just to lift their hand? Yeah, yeah, I see those hands. Yeah, yeah, there's a few of you. Well, glory to God, I think tonight might just be your night. Why not? Why not? God has you here tonight. <laughs> you're already associated with us. Everybody out there in the world thinks you're one of us. You're here. <laughs> might as well go ahead and jump in and have a good time in God. I mean, when you, when you receive the gift of speaking in an unknown tongue, it boosts you. I mean, it gives you, you whew, you're stronger, you got more power. Man, I tell you what, you're going to feel like you're ready to conquer the world. Why? Because God, the Holy Spirit, whew, comes in in such a way into your life. Yeah, when you get saved, the Spirit of God's there, but there's more to him than just salvation. Being filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. And it's amazing. You might say, oh, goodness, girl, are you going to call me down front? Nope, not going to do it. I've been in meetings where we've had mass, mass fillings of the Spirit of God. I did a meeting in Chicago many years ago. It was a young church. I didn't know how young it was. It was a young pastor, young, young, young. And I went in. He wanted me to teach on being filled with the Spirit, but he didn't tell me that none of them were filled. <laughs> we're in a hotel, a hotel ballroom, and I think there was, I can't remember, it was either three or 500 people. 
And, and I said, how many of you want to be filled with the Spirit? All of them raised their hand. And I didn't have time to lay hands on all of them because I had to catch a flight in an hour. And I said, well, this is how we're doing it. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost at the same time in Acts chapter 2. We're all going to be filled with the Spirit. We're going to say this prayer. You say it after me. And then we're all just going to begin to speak in an unknown tongue. I'm going to start worshiping God, and then I'm just going to begin to speak in an unknown tongue. And they just looked at me. I said, are you ready? All these young kids. It was a young church. Yeah! I was like... All right, because their pastor was spunky, you know. But it was a new church, and it was just a new thing God was doing, and it was amazing. So I had them all stand up. We prayed the prayer. And I said, now let's just begin to speak in the name of Jesus. And then I began to speak in an unknown tongue. The pastor began to speak in an unknown tongue. And the rest of them began to speak in an unknown tongue. It was so electrical in that place. It was like, man, I can't even, it was like it would power charged. You know, and that place was on fire. And then I shouted, everybody stop. I said, now you have control over praying in the spirit. It's you doing it. Paul said, I will pray in the spirit. I will pray with my understanding also. I will sing in the spirit. I will sing with my understanding also, meaning I will pray in an unknown tongue and I will pray in English if that's your native tongue. I will sing in an unknown tongue and I will sing in my known tongue too. Paul said, I will do it. But four times Paul said, I will, I will, I will. I believe God had him say it like that to make us realize, huh, I'm doing it. But the Holy Spirit will come upon you as you receive him and you can yield to him. And, whew, but you're the one that has to yield and it's you speaking. I've had people say, well, I felt like I made that up. I felt like I made that up. Baby, that's what the devil wants you to think. He wants you to think that you just made that up. He, for some of you that are in the house, maybe you just speak a few words that your prayer language isn't feel fluent. And if that's you, why don't you go ahead and break through that tonight? Because God's not just given you three words. You've limited yourself. Because it's you that are doing it. It's you. And guys, I could break off from this and say, man, there are so many things. When you pray in tongues, what can happen? There's diverse kinds of tongues. You might go, that's too much for me. I don't know what you're talking about. Whoo, guys, there's so much that can happen in the spirit. There's too much fun. You've got to receive it. Everybody that raised your hand, say this with all of us. We're going to say it with you. I am receiving, I am receiving the, gift the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. tonight. I'm going to speak in an unknown tongue. And I'm thanking you right now, Father, that I'm going. I'm growing. I'm going deeper in you. Now, if you're here and you want your prayer language to increase, all of you say this. And Father, and Father I, thank you tonight I thank you tonight that my prayer language, my prayer language increases. increases. I command my mind, command my mind and, my soul and my soul to be quiet. To be quiet. You're, not you're not in control. My spirit, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me, Spirit is, in control. is in control, and I yield, and I yield to, him to him 
in the name of Jesus. How many of you are going to be filled and pray in tongues tonight? Amen. So we've prayed the prayer and we're just going to pray a little bit more and you repeat after me and then we're going to all worship God. And then every single one of us is going to, if you're filled already, just begin to speak in tongues. If this is going to be your first time to receive, then by faith, just open your mouth and begin to speak. You might say, but, but, but I don't know what I'm going to say. That's all right. It's better if you don't know. Just allow yourself to yield, yield to him. And if, if, you, and if you sense something, just say it, you know. It doesn't have to sound as fluent as it does with some of the others that have been praying all their lives. But at the same time, I've prayed with people, and they get a fluent prayer like, boom. It's like, wow, God is, I tell you what, is he not fun? Yes. So let's pray this prayer. Everybody bow your head, close your eyes. Father, I thank you. That I receive receive the infilling infilling of your spirit. spirit. Holy Spirit, Spirit, you're a gift gift that I receive. receive. And I thank you you that I yield myself myself to you. you. And tonight tonight is my night. night. I'm speaking in an unknown tongue. tongue. Thank Thank you. I receive you, Holy Spirit. And so I begin to speak right now in an unknown tongue. Now let's go.